Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Amen. Well, this morning I want to um, close out our month of Thanksgiving with this morning's sermon titled Abundant Thanksgiving, A Lifestyle of Thanks. And before we do that, I want to dismiss the kids. If you're, they're in fifth grade and younger, they should be in there. If they are fifth grade or sixth grade and older, they need to be out here. So um, kids, give them a big hand this morning. Yes, that is for our little kids, our little guys. So this morning... I'm thankful for each of you. I'm thankful for the potluck we had last week. I'm thankful for the family time I had this week. I'm thankful for all the wonderful blessings, my children, my my wonderful wife, my brother, my sisters. There's so many reasons to be thankful for, amen? I'm thankful for people letting me in on Highway 29 when I need to get on 29, and they say, go ahead, and I wave, and I say, thank you. I'm thankful for the people that opened the door for me at Chick-fil-A, whenever I go, except on Sundays, because they're closed. I'm thankful when somebody just says, thank you. I appreciate that, a gift. How many know we live in a world people don't thank enough? People take you for granted, you know, and I'm not just picking on younger people. It's sometimes we, as as the fabric of our nation, we've gotten to the point where we take each other for granted. And, And no longer do we hear polite, your welcomes, and your thank you anymore. Thanksgiving Day, which we just celebrated, isn't just about a day. It's not just about Thursday in November every year. It's a day that really should take place every day of your life. How many know that? Yes, every day is a day of Thanksgiving. Yes. doesn't mean you have to have turkey and cranberry and mashed potatoes and all that every day, but you should exhibit a spirit of Thanksgiving. Yes. Are you thankful today? Are you really thankful today? Young people, are you thankful? Do you have clothes to wear today? Do you have clothes for tomorrow? Yes. Do you have a a cell phone? Yeah, probably. Do you have a, a Nintendo at home, a PlayStation, some sort of game, a karaoke machine that you play around with? Maybe, maybe not, but you are, are, are blessed. Amen. We didn't even have that when I was a kid. That's because they weren't invented yet. But at the same time, I was, I was thankful for growing up with what I had. We didn't have much growing up, but I was thankful. Amen? Amen? I want you to stand with me this morning as we read our uh, sermon text. It's found in Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19, I'm going to read. But real quickly, how many are thankful to your spouses? Are you, or, or, or do you do this mistake? Do you thank the waitress or the waiter at the restaurant more often than you thank your spouse? I thought of that last night. You know, how how many of us as spouses, we're more generous and thankful to the waitress at the restaurant or the waiter, but yet at home we, oh, well, they should do that. That's my spouse. No, thank thank them for that. If they bring you a plate, thank them for that. If they make you a, a meal, thank them for that. Amen? Amen. I just thought I'd throw that in for free. Okay, let's go. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19 says this. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men, everybody say ten men, men. who had leprosy met him. 
They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. As they went, they were cleansed. One of them, everybody say one of them. When he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord that God, that you have inspired us to remain faithful and thankful. Lord, for not just the large things in life, the, the huge blessings, but Lord, the little things that we take for granted, the very fact that we have life, Father, that is a major blessing, that we are able to get up out of bed this morning, that we are able to put on clothes, Lord, that we are able to just hop in a car, Lord, that works to get us from point A to point B. Lord, that we have food in our refrigerator. Lord, we give you thanks for that. Lord, may we never be overcome with a spirit of, of ungratefulness, a spirit, Father, that takes one another for granted. No, Lord, on the other hand, let's always be thankful, remain thankful, as the scripture here says. So I pray, Father, this morning, help us to open our heart and our mind this morning to receive this word, and I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Look at your neighbor and tell him, I am thankful, I am thankful. and you may be seated. Amen. Amen. I am thankful again for every one of you. Now, I, I share that story, and I've, I've shared this sermon here before, but I think it's important that we get it, that we understand why we need to be thankful. Um, you know, how many times do you go into a restaurant, and I, I use this illustration, you hold the door for somebody, or you're at Walmart, and you're holding the door for somebody, and they walk right in, but they don't say thank you. They just go right, right by you like you were not even standing there. And, and that just burns me. It just burns me. One of my pet peeves is that if I'm taking the time to open the door for you, which I don't need to do, by the way. I don't need to. Neither do you. But that's a gentleman thing to do. That's a, that's a Christian thing to do. It's just a, a, a normal thing that you should do out of the kindness of your heart. Human. It's a human thing to do. Thank you. Exactly right. Well, the least you can do is thank you. Now, it doesn't always happen, but it does happen. How many know what I'm talking about? You open doors and people just walk right by you like you're just the door person. You're Carlton, the doorman, right? And I'm not Carlton, the doorman. That burns me. <laughs> Highway 29, every, every week, Monday through Friday, I'm trying to get in and nobody lets you in and nobody lets you in. And it's like, finally, somebody goes, go on in. So I, I appreciate that. And I say thank you. Oftentimes when I'm, because if you go on Highway 29 in the morning or the evening, you know you're not going to go anywhere fast. You're all going to be going 25 miles an hour, 35 miles an hour for 15 miles. That's just the way it is. And there's people that will often go, hey, jump on in. And, and I'll thank them. And I do that a lot. Uh, I wasn't always like that, believe me. I wanted to get there quicker than everybody else and finally realized is we're all going to be stuck in the same line. We're not getting there anywhere faster than anybody else. 
So I often let people cut in front of me, and they appreciate that. Others don't even bother to wave a hand like, hey, thanks, right? And those are my pet peeves of people not being appreciative. Please, people, if someone gives you a gift, young people, if someone gives you a gift, say thank you. Say thank you. Even if it's mom, even if it's dad, or somebody here from church, if they give you something, always say thank you. Amen? Amen. I didn't hear you. That's better. Okay, we're tracking. Now, getting back to this sermon text here, the reason we want to talk about, or I want to talk to you about this, is there were how many lepers? Ten. Ten lepers, the Bible says. Everybody say ten. And how many came back and said thank you? One. One. That's 10%. 90% said, ah, he knows I'm thankful. No, God isn't that way. God, God wants our appreciation. He wants you to step out of your comfort zone and say thank you. I know sometimes it's not easy for some of us to say thank you. We didn't grow up saying thank you possibly. You didn't see that modeled in your family Well, it's time for you to say thank you because it's the human thing to do. Amen. And this, this, uh, these lepers, I want, I want to talk to you about some of the things they had to go through, but it's, it's greater than, than opening a door. It's greater than opening or allowing someone to cut in in front of, uh, front of you on highway 29. What they went through was a difficult life circumstances. How many know that? That goes to point number one on your outline this morning. Give thanks even if you're in difficult circumstances. Anybody here ever been in a difficult circumstance? Raise your hand if you've been in a difficult circumstance. You can be five years old and be in a difficult circumstance. You can be 85 years old and be in a difficult circumstance. But it should still remain that we, we should be able to give God thanks. Amen? Amen? Raise your hand if you need an outline. There's some being passed out right now. Amen. Amen. So... Again, give thanks even if you're in difficult circumstances. Can we put our scripture verse up on the screen? I want everybody to see that again. Our scripture verse of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. Let me point it out again. The Bible says here, the very first two words, say them with me. In everything, in everything, give thanks. It doesn't say give thanks for everything. It says in everything. That's a big difference. What it's talking about is no matter what the situation is, good, bad, or ugly, give thanks. Give thanks in the middle of your sorrow. Give thanks when you're not feeling to give thanks. You give thanks. Amen? Amen? So if we can display that or learn how to do that, I promise you, Life will go a lot better for you, amen? This, this kind of faith to do that is a supernatural faith that we, you and I can't, can't possibly come up with on our own. It's a supernatural faith, amen? How many know that? To, to be thankful in a situation, in a difficult circumstance, is not easy. You, you and I can't do that on our own. It has to come from above, amen? Now... Let's go back to these 10 men. They had leprosy. And if you've read anything about leprosy, these people were banned from society. The, just a little bit about the disease. It was a disease. It was a, a flesh-eating disease that rotted you away. That was the worst part about it was they say it was the smell. 
was the smell, not the decaying flesh and what they look like, but it was the smell of being around that. Now, I've never been around a leper. I don't know if you have, but what, what it would lead to is this. Leprosy attacked the body, leaving sores, missing fingers, missing toes, damaged limbs. In many cases, leprosy gave way to something more terrible than that. A loss of sensation and nerve endings, leading to more damage to body parts. The disease sometimes would take 30 years to run its course. And in that time, entire limbs simply fell off because it ate their flesh. It was one of the most horrible diseases ever. I mean, we can't fathom what it was like 2,000 years ago before, you know, medical treatment. They couldn't walk into Kaiser Hospital for treatment, you know. Back 2,000 years ago, you can't imagine what they must have gone through. So here, this story, this, this let me back up. Let me, let me share this uh, story about a Christian author. There's a, a well-known Christian author. She had an opportunity to go, go to a leper colony. And she was there to go witness to them. Her and a group were there. And so she was anxious to get there and go inside this leper colony. And, um, but she couldn't go inside with them. And she, she kept asking, God, give me the strength. But she couldn't go inside. You know what the one reason why she couldn't go in there? She couldn't bear the smell. It wasn't, it wasn't bad enough that they already knew, those lepers, that they had leprosy and, and that they weren't like everybody else. But she couldn't bear the thought to just be in there because of that smell. It was so strong. I kind of know what she's talking about. I'm so sensitive to smells. God gave me this, this nose here for a reason. I can smell things really good, but uh, I, I, I sympathize with her. And at the same time, she was devastated because she couldn't witness to them. That was the sole reason she went there, but she couldn't get enough courage to be in there. I'm trying to paint a picture of how bad it was, how bad that smell was, okay? And so this, these people... Back during the time of Jesus, knew they had this disease. In fact, the, the laws of that time required that they would be banned from society. They could no longer live with their family. They had to be banned to a, a leper colony or a place where those people with that disease lived. They were outcasts. In fact, the Bible says that any time they came across other people, they had to keep a distance. Notice that text that we read, they shouted at Jesus from a distance. They had to be at a distance. And furthermore, they had to shout, unclean, unclean, unclean. In other words, they had to tell everybody that was around how bad they were. Imagine living like that. You're already knowing that you have this terrible disease. Your loved ones are no longer available to you. You can't touch them. You can't hug them. And here, on top of that, you have to go around telling everybody, I'm unclean, I'm unworthy, I'm ugly, I'm dirty, I'm not worthy. That's really what they were saying by declaring, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. And so you can see how much pain they're going through physically and emotionally. I, I can only imagine the emotional pain must have been equal or worse than the physical pain of, of being cast out from society, of, of not being wanted anymore, not being desired anymore. Maybe loved ones turning their back on them saying, oh no, 
uh, I don't want you around my house anymore, possibly. So these people, these lepers, removed from friends and family for a lifetime. Obviously, it must have been horrible, horrible, horrible conditions. But here, in verse 14, let's go back to our sermon text. Verse 14, if we can put that up for a second. This is the key to understanding what happened. When Jesus saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, everybody say, as they went, as as their faith kicked in, as their faith prompted them to action, they were cleansed. They were cleansed. Isn't that amazing? The Bible says, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests. Because here's the other thing. When uh, on occasion, leprosy would run its course and people would be cleansed of it. And the thing was they had to go show themselves to the priest and the priest would declare them clean or unclean. If they were declared clean, they could now reassimilate back into society. But if they were still unclean, they were outcasts. So here they were on their way to see the priests. All they heard Jesus was say, go and show yourself to the priest. And by faith, a supernatural faith, they began to walk towards the priest. And in that process, verse 14 again, when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. All 10 were cleansed. Amen. All 10 were cleansed by their faith. But what happened? Only one was thankful. Amen. Now I want to show you a couple things here. The word cleanse here. The word cleanse is pointing to a significant point in time. It's not talking about a process of, of well, from here to here. It, it was a process of healing. This was a, a, a point of action. The Bible here is talking and describing an action point. They were healed instantaneously. Yes. Amen? Amen? There came a point as they began to obey Jesus that they were healed on their walk to see the priests. Now, if they didn't have the faith, first of all, to to believe Jesus, they would have laughed at him. But, you know, somehow, even these lepers had heard about Jesus, that with Jesus, all things are possible. That with Jesus, just he was healing the lame, the sick, the blind, the lepers. They had heard about him, even though they were outcasts. And so when they saw him, they began to cry out, have pity on us, have mercy on us. And they, they had heard stories about him. And here they're taking him at his word, saying, okay, we're going to go see the priests. And in that process, their faith, that action brought them healing. Now, I'm not here to talk to you about the healing process. I want to talk to you about giving thanks. Amen? See, see, if we just believe, belief by itself is dead. James, in the book of James, says it this way. He says, faith by itself, if not accompanied by works, is dead. Amen? We have to have action backing our faith. There's always action behind faith in the Bible. Always. From Abraham, Joseph, you name them, whoever it was, there was always action behind their faith. Amen? So again, these lepers were acting upon faith. They had no idea what was going to happen. They, they didn't know. All they knew, were to go to, they were to go to the priest. So again, number one, Point number one, point number one, I lost it right here. Here it is. 
Give thanks even when you're in difficult circumstances. Difficult circumstances sometimes can prompt us to get on our knees. Amen? They can prompt us to get on our knees and to begin to cry out to the Lord. Point number two, be thankful in the work of God's goodness. This kind of thankfulness is worship, is worship. See, how many men came back to Jesus? One. The Bible says one of the men came back to Jesus, and the Bible says he began to praise God. He began to worship God. That is a direct example of what you and I should do when we give thanks to the Lord. We worship Him. Lord, we worship You. And by doing that, you're, you're really exhibiting your thankfulness to Him. The Bible says, enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. And you can't get into the inner sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, unless you first of all give Him thanks. You must learn to give Him thanks. Amen? Amen. But why did only one man give him thanks? I think that's a direct example, reflection of our society today. Uh, I mean, here we are giving thanks today. This month, I'm closing this out, this month of Thanksgiving. But yet, Thursday, with our families, with our friends, we're celebrating over a wonderful meal. I'm sure each of you had a wonderful meal wherever you were at, just like we did in our home. And we gave thanks around the dinner table. We said you know, I'm thankful for, for my Lord, for my ministry, for my wife, my beautiful children, my grandchildren, and so forth. And then on Friday, we were pushing people out of the way to get that best deal at Target, right? How, how does that happen? Uh, if you don't believe me, go on social media and look up YouTube videos of Black Friday. It will amaze you how far this human race has fallen. They are pushing and kicking grandmothers out of the way to get to that 4K TV, smart TV. I'm serious. Look at... All you got to, no, you don't, you don't, we don't go Black Friday shopping for that reason. Um, It's become so too materialistic, but I I, I digress here. Let me get back to the point. Be thankful in the work of God's goodness. The Bible not only says that he worshiped God, he came and was public about it. He declared it. He was loud, the Bible says. He didn't come up to him and say, Lord, I... I just want to thank you as he threw himself at his feet and said, I want to thank you for your mercy and for healing me. He didn't say that. If you've been healed, you're going to tell everybody about it. You're going to be loud about it. You're going to rejoice in that. Amen? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a time to be quiet. There's a time to be still. But when God has done something miraculous in your life, you shout it from the rooftops. Amen? I truly believe, and listen to this, with all my heart and soul, that the size of your praise and worship of God is tantamount to the hell that he saved you out of. Amen? Amen. Let me repeat that again. That the size of your praise and worship to God is tantamount to the size or to the hell that he saved you out of. See, when you've sinned and you've lived like the devil when He's brought you out of a place of darkness, when He's brought you and you come and you realize what He's done in your life, you're forever thankful and you're going to declare it to the world and you don't care who's going to hear you, who doesn't hear you. You're there to declare it. Gregory, I want you to continue to shout it from the rooftop. I don't want anybody ever steal that joy from you. Brother Dan, when you're up here singing, you declare it, brother. God's, God's helped you. God's helped every one of us. Mother Betty, continue to sing praises to Him. Continue to thank Him. 
because He's saved us all from a hell that you and I deserved. Amen? Amen. Be thankful in the work of God's goodness. Has God been good to you? Amen. Has God been good to you? Yes. Yes, He has. Amen. Now, we all have a reason to be thankful. So did those other nine lepers. But they didn't take the time to write that thank you note, fill it out, put a stamp on it, and even send it. They didn't even take time to call them up. They didn't even take time to text them and say thank you. They didn't do any of that. Only one did. One. God help us that we would be one of those people that would take each other for granted. Amen? <clears throat> Again, when the leper came back and fell at the feet of Jesus, he was, just, he was louder than the normal person. He was praising God. God had done something miraculous for him. You've got to realize what he was living in like before that, what his condition was like before that. You've got to realize what your spiritual condition was like before he came into your life. Once he comes into your life and saves you, he saves you from this hell and gives you eternal life. People, it's a serious thing. We need to understand that. And I think here, it's an example of our society. One of them understood it. Narrow is the path that leads to everlasting life. Wide is that gate that leads to eternal destruction. You know, not too many people, you know, we, we know the Bible declares this. There will be a lot more people in heaven, in hell, than there will be in heaven. How many know that? Uh, as much as we want this nation to be a Christian nation, it, it's still not a Christian nation, no longer as it once was, founded by Christian founders. Amen? We need to continue to be that example. There's going to be few that lead the way. Amen? Now, this man here was by himself. He alone came to say thank you to the Lord. He alone came to worship him, even in the, after God had healed him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Point number three, make sure your thankfulness leads to action. Lord, we thank you. Is the Holy Spirit speaking to someone here today? Is the Holy Spirit telling you, you know, you have a wonderful mother, a wonderful father, and they have been doing so much for you because they love you. And have you ever taken the time to just say, thank you? Have you ever just pulled them aside and say, Mom, Dad, thank you. Thanks, thanks for just being there for me. Sometimes it gets irritating. I know. I was there. But you have to say thank you. You need to say thank you. Amen? Yes. Have you given thanks to your spouse? Did you say thank you this morning if that spouse of yours ironed your pants this morning and gave you a nice crease right down here in the front and, and cooked breakfast for you and cooked two eggs with some ham on the side? Did you say thank you? Maybe that was you. This, maybe you didn't say thank you. But yet, you're going to go to IHOP or Black Bear or some other restaurant and say thank you to that waitress. Mm, Got to watch it. Got to be careful with that. Amen. Be thankful in everything, in everything. Give thanks. Amen? Make sure your thankfulness leads to action. One healed leper came back. That just amazes me. One, not two, not even three, not four, not five, not nine. One came back and said, thank you, Lord. Notice his response when we were reading the sermon text. He threw himself 
at the feet of Jesus and began to worship God, the Bible says. He threw himself at the feet of Jesus and began to worship God. See, and, and did you see Jesus' reaction? He didn't go back like, oh, no, don't do that. You have cooties. No, he didn't say that. What he said is he welcomed that. He welcomed the worship. He welcomed the thankful spirit. He received it. Amen? He received it. Amen. Sometimes there may be someone that you think has cooties. It could be that homeless person. And sometimes God may be telling you, go up and give that man a hug. It could be a lady. If you're a woman here, you need to give that woman a hug. And I know we've all seen things out here, especially here in the city that we live in and surrounding cities. There's a lot of homeless people out here and you see things that you don't believe you'd ever see. I, I know Mother Betty came in with a story not too long ago, things she saw on the street. Unbelievable what you'll see out there. But sometimes God commands us, go and love on them. Go and love on them. Be thankful. Show them thanks. Amen? Make sure your thankfulness leads to action. Jesus received the thanks graciously. So first of all, the Lord or the leper gives glory to God. Number two, he thanked Jesus. He thanked them right there as he, did, as he was standing there or, or at his feet. Now, the thankful leper may not have recognized that Jesus was the Messiah, but he was. And Jesus as the Messiah received that, that worship. Amen. Now, what kind of action is, is Jesus looking for? From you, is has he put something in your heart where there needs to be some action now taking place, where your feet need to go and begin to do something? Is there somebody right now that you're thinking of that God has prompted you right now in your spirit and your mind to give thanks to? Is there somebody here? Maybe it's your child, maybe it's your a parent, maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a brother, a sister, and and maybe you haven't spoken to them. Maybe you had a terrible Thanksgiving and there was an argument because someone brought up religion and death and taxes and all that, the no-no stuff you're supposed to talk about, right? Or not supposed to talk about at a family reunion. Maybe it's somebody that you haven't spoken to in a long time. Call them up and say, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you. Amen? What is the Holy Spirit challenging you today to do? Because I believe that He is. Is there a family friend, even a stranger, that you can help out this Thanksgiving season? Is there something that you're feeling compelled to do today? You know, I, I want to share this little uh, story. Yesterday, Saturday, um, this friend of mine had said, Hey, come over. I got some wood for you to pick up. And um, so I went over to his house, picked up the wood. It was yesterday, Saturday morning. And um, it was... Uh, I won't mention his name. I was expecting a whole bunch of wood because I was going to share some of that wood. And it was a small amount, which, hey, no, some wood is better than no wood. Amen? Because I got a chimney and I like to light my fireplace. So I got a little bit of wood. And, and thank you, Lord. And I thank my friend. I thank them very much for that. And uh, on the way home, you know, I've got my music. I got my... Um, my, not SoundCloud, but uh, Spotify music. I got my own playlist. I'm, I'm listening to worship music. I'm on Highway 29, and I'm in the two lanes that are going to go onto American Canyon Road, right where Walgreens and 7-Eleven is. And as I'm in one lane, all of a sudden, boom, somebody hits the side of my truck. I'm going, are you kidding me? I, I was in the middle of my worship. And it was a light tap, though. And the, there was a car that just went right into my lane out of nowhere. And it was a, a young woman. I went, first reaction was, 
I went like that. And she could see that. And then I said, like that. Like, you're going to follow me and we're going to pull into 7-Eleven and Walgreens. So she followed me because at that moment, she could have kept going straight. She could have done any number of things. And so we pulled over. Young woman. And uh, so she's just nervous as can be. Um, her car had a few dents, so I could see what happened. She goes, I'm sorry. I pulled in. I didn't even look in the mirror. I didn't look and see if anybody was there because she hit the back quarter panel of my truck right above the tire. Big black streaks all along the side of my truck. And I looked at it, and it wasn't dented. So I said, thank you, Lord. And the other thing, though, at that moment, because she's pulling out her insurance information and everything. She's a young lady, probably in her mid-20s, I would imagine. And she's nervous. She's kind of shaking. And I don't know. I wasn't yelling at her. I wasn't intimidating. I don't think I am. And so I said, you know, the, the Lord's telling me this because I went back, looked at my truck again. I looked at her car. It was Her car was dented, but mine wasn't. It just had streaks, about four foot long streaks on the side of my bed. And I said, I said, you know what? Forget it. Um, I, I don't want your insurance. I said, well, the Lord is telling me, first of all, he wants me to tell you that he loves you. He wants to remind you today that he loves you. And she just looked at me. She goes, I know. And her eyes were a little bit watery. And she goes, I know he does. I go, and he wants you to be careful on the road. And I don't want your insurance information. She goes, I know I can barely afford my insurance right now. And I said, because what's going to happen is your insurance is going to go up. And I'm not going to do that to you. I said, I want you to take this and be a better driver. Pay attention to your surroundings. And I'm not, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want nothing from you. And uh, she, she was so thankful. Uh, here's the door as I'm talking to her. She had the door open. She reached over. She gave me a big old hug. And I said, now God bless you and drive more carefully. <laughs> so she went on her way. But God told me to do that because... I was thankful for the wood, and he was telling me, now be thankful that nothing happened to your truck. All you had were a couple little streaks. So I got home and loaded the wood with the help of my kids, and uh, then I spent about an hour, and I rubbed out the black marks. They're all gone. You Go check it out on the right-hand side, the passenger side. They're not there anymore. But uh, God is good, isn't he? He's good when you have an attitude of thanks, when you have an attitude of thanksgiving. So I put my thankful spirit in action, and I said, no, I don't need your insurance information. Yeah, I could have played it up, and I could have really caused her some damage, but I didn't want to do that. God said, no, let, let her go. Let her learn that lesson. So what is God challenging you today to do? Is he telling you, is there a specific somebody in your life that you need to tell, hey, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you. Thank you. Amen? Yeah. Now, Point number four, and I'm going to close here, a lifestyle of thankfulness. A lifestyle of thankfulness is a lifestyle of wellness, of really of salvation. And what I mean by that is verse 19 in the sermon text, verse 19, if you look at that uh, on your sermon text, let me read this to you again. Verse 19, it says this, then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. Right there where it's describing that word, well. You see that? Yeah. Amen. Right there, this made the whole, is how it says it in the King James Version, made you well in the NIV. It's from the Greek word sozo. That's the same word sozo, S-O-Z-O, 
which is found in Romans chapter 10 and verses 9 and 10, where it talks about uh, Paul is talking there. And he's, he's saying that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. I remember that scripture. If, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be sozo. It's the same word. And what Jesus is telling him here, your faith has not only healed you physically, your faith has now saved you spiritually. That's what the language is saying there. Only, see, here's the thing. Our, 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 our healing, or in this case, the nine lepers, they weren't grateful enough to receive salvation, yet they were grateful enough um, and received their healing. Amen? They, they received it. They had faith. Your faith can lead you to to receiving additional blessings. And that's what happened to this leper. He was so hungry and so thankful in his spirit that he received above and beyond what those other nine men received. He received salvation. Amen? He he was safe or free from that disease. That's what the word means. Soza means to be safe, uh, keep from harm, preserve, rescue, uh, set free, to save. Sozo, he was saved at that moment. So when, when Paul was describing what happens to a person who publicly confesses Jesus Christ, you are sozoed, S-O-Z-O. Every time a person accepts the Lord, he, receive, he is sozoed, amen. Just like this leper here, amen. Now Jesus pronounced a complete healing you see, it doesn't do anybody any good, a non-believer to be healed. Because how many know non-believers can be healed? Non-believers can be healed. You don't have to be a believer to be healed in this world. I've seen that. A non-believer can be healed, but it doesn't do any good to be healed physically and die spiritually. You're not healed. That's an incomplete healing. God wants a complete healing, both physically and spiritually. Amen? Amen. That's why if you're a believer and God says, no, I want to bring you home. I want to bring you to your reward. That's God's will. That's God's will. That's God's business. Amen. Now, if he chooses to heal you, that's also his business. Amen. In this case, he saved this leper both physically and spiritually. Amen. Amen. Healing that doesn't bring a person to Jesus is incomplete. Healing that doesn't bring a person to Jesus is incomplete. God grant us this morning as we close now. God grant us this morning a spirit of faith.